Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. Hey, thanks for downloading this podcast. If you want to listen live, be sure to download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. It's In This League with Scott Bogman and Chris Welsh. On the radio. 30. I'm on right now. I don't believe you. You boys in line. Welcome back. It's In This League on the Sports Grid, the final hour here. You know what that means. I am here with my friend, my buddy, Casey Bubba, at BDMtrick on the Twitter. Casey, what's going on, man? How's your week? It's been a fun week. You know, same old, same old, working the grind, trying to uh, stay safe and clean and never use so much hand sanitizer in all my life. But uh, here we are, and sports are coming. They are coming. It's like it's like Game of Thrones. <laughs> Yeah, they're right around the corner. I mean, they just announced that NASCAR is coming back on May 17th. I'm not the biggest NASCAR guy, but... Um, you are now. Yeah, I mean, it's something, you know. Yep. I could throw a couple bucks on it, so that makes yep. it uh, very, very watchable for sure. Uh, yep. A lot like the NFL draft, but um, are, are you going to... Have you ever been into NASCAR? Because I went through, like, a NASCAR phase where I would, like, you know, have some uh, some buddies over... Uh, we'd break open like a 30 pack of cores and grill and watch the race for, you know, on a Sunday or whatever. Yeah, pretty much a similar thing. I went through a phase where I was really into it. I was in like a fantasy NASCAR league and everything. I did that uh, too. Yeah. I, so I did all that and I'll still sit and watch a race once in a while, especially if I need a nap on a Sunday. Right. Like it, it, it's really good for that. And, and there's some guys around here that, that are pretty hardcore into it. It's like Saturday night races. We'll do the big barbecue and stuff at their house. Those are fun, but I'm not like it's not must see TV for me, but I get the appeal. It's it's entertaining. It's just uh, I can't say too much because I love golf and I understand the hate there. It's similar in NASCAR. Just a lot of left turns gets a little old after a while. I don't understand hate for anything. I, I do like, you know, I'll, I'll poke fun at hockey or golf or whatever a little bit, but I'm never gonna just out and out be hateful against it. You know what I mean? And that makes sense, and there's no need to because we all have what we like. It, it's a beautiful thing about that is. We can all like different things and all get along and have a great time. So um, I've never understood it. NASCAR kind of has a bad rap, but uh, it shouldn't. It, it's still a lot of fun, and the fans, the fans are just as passionate for NASCAR as they are for other sports. Well, isn't NASCAR, and I don't mean to you know, throw stones. Mm-hmm. Now, see, I'm feeling like I'm already doing it. Here we but, go. Uh, Here comes the hate. No, comes. But aren't they the only sport that's had someone suspended because of meth? Uh, probably. Uh, unless it may be, maybe Russian hockey. I'm not sure. But, um, <laughs> or Russian it, anything. It, Right. Yeah, in the in the U.S., <laughs> probably. Okay, sure. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, that's that's like that's the bad rap that I think. I don't even, you know, like it being rednecky, whatever. You know, who cares? Or, rednecks yeah. are part of the American culture, so Amen. why wouldn't you include them? 
you know. And we can have a, and we can have a darn good party too. So don't knock until you try right. it. That's right. That's right. All us rednecks. We's part of this community. You understand? So I go to when I, if I ever went to a NASCAR event, I wouldn't be the only Bubba there. It'd be crazy. Oh no! Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, it'd be the first time where there's fewer Scots and more Bubbas. So. You feel small too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like going to a Walmart on Black Friday. Right, it's the same deal. So, um, but we are going to be talking about the uh, NFC South. The the Welsh and I uh, have covered the rest between the week. Uh, you and I, of course, did the East on Monday. But um, let's just fire it up here and let's start with the Atlanta Falcons in the South. And, um, you know, coming into the draft, really what they needed was defense. I don't know how much Falcons football you got to watch last year, Bubba, but um, Joe described them as, uh, you know, 10-ply soft, uh, this Falcons defense. And it was brutal. And they had injury stuff, but really the big thing with them was getting pressures on the quarterback, 30th in the league last year in uh, QB pressures. They signed Fowler, and Tack McKinley has just been average. Uh, so they added there, and they added to the secondary with cornerback A.J. Terrell uh, from Clemson being their first pick. Marlon Davidson, the edge rusher from Auburn, uh, going in the second to them. They uh, used a third round on Matt Hennessy, an interior offensive lineman from Temple. Uh, Michael Walker from Fresno State, the linebacker, was their first fourth-round pick. And I actually... Um, a couple of the articles I've been reading about the draft grades and stuff of that nature had Michael Walker as uh, maybe the best pick for this Falcons squad because they need to rack up some tackles. They went Jalen Hawkins with their second fourth-round pick, and then they didn't pick again until the seventh round, and they wound up taking uh, Sterling Hoffrichter, I think is how you say his name, a kicker out of Syracuse that I've never heard of or care about because he's a kicker. <laughs> so um, well, how did you think that the uh, Falcons ended up doing in this draft, Bubba? Well, it's not flashy by any means, but it's like you said, is their defense is, it was atrocious in multiple years past. It's just been a bad, bad spot for them, and they definitely addressed it you know, through the offseason and then um, in signings and now through the draft. When you only have one offensive player, not counting the kicker, that tells you a lot of what's going on with their main focus, their needs, how they approach the draft. So I'm not going to act like I'm an expert at uh, all of these deeper defensive players, but – I think it's a very, very smart move. I know Hawkins is actually sneaky nice out of Cal. I, I've seen him play out here quite a bit. So I think that's nice. Um, it's nothing fantasy-relevant-wise, but it should make this team a lot better, help them. You know, you play the Saints twice a year. You're going to have a, a Matt Rule, probably more excited offense in Carolina coming out. Uh, the, the South will put up some points, and that's going to be something the Falcons need to deal with, and they've definitely uh, uh, taken care of that. You know, offensively, they already signed Gurley and Hurst. They have tons of weapons. So they didn't really have to – Approach that. They want to win now with Ryan and, and Jones before it's all said and done. Get that defense shirt up. Help Ryan out some. I, I like it. I'm just curious uh, with, with Hoffrichter, uh, does that mean uh, Matt Bryant is done for good? That's, uh, that's a concern. Yeah, I mean, when you draft a guy, you're absolutely right. It usually means that they're going to stick on the squad for a little while. So that could – I mean, they had like picked 228 out of 255. So it could just be like, ah, eh, we like this kid. Maybe he'll push Bryant. So they're bringing yeah. him in. But I think in this draft specifically, um, and, and maybe I'm talking out my ass here, but I feel like there was just so much talent still left on the board in the seventh round that if you're taking a kicker, that's probably going to be your kicker for exactly. the foreseeable future. So you're probably right about that. I was, I'm not going to say surprised, but I, I guess I expected them to take a running back at some point here. 
Um, were you a little surprised that they didn't uh, move towards running back either? I mean, they yeah, signed man, Gurley, but they signed Gurley, but he's going to get hurt again. Um, they obviously lost Freeman, and, and that backfield just getting depleted one one after another. I guess that is a good point. They probably should have addressed that. My guess is it didn't fall to them because it was really weird going into the draft the, the few days prior till even on draft day. I know you heard it, and I heard it that they were supposed to be like the most aggressive team trading up in the draft, and they never moved. Right. So it was really weird to see that. They it seemed like they wanted guys. They couldn't get to the guys they wanted, so they kept with what they had, and maybe they wanted running backs, and it just didn't work out that way. So it's it'll be interesting to see who they bring in here. Like, you know, Burrito would have been a great move for them with one of their picks, but um, they, they do need another running back. It's a good point. Yeah, I was just a little surprised that they didn't uh, take somebody. Now, once again, they're a little hamstrung. Uh, with, with their picks, but, um, you, you know, I, I just figured maybe trade back up for one or something. What do you uh, – I want to look up this win total. All right. What what would you set the win total at? You're not looking at it, are you? No, I'm not. Okay, so what would you set it at for the 2020 Atlanta Falcons? Over, under, eight and a half, nine. Seven. Wow. Is the number for the Falcons. And I think it's because of the division. You're bringing Brady into this division. You have Breeze, and you have a new coach in Carolina in Matt Rule. So I think uh, that's kind of the the uh, surprising logic here. So you, I, I'm thinking that if you're setting it at eight and a half, you probably take the over on the Falcons, then, right? I would take the over on a seven. Yeah, like I'm not saying they're going to be great by any means. Tampa Bay is going to be better, like you said. Saints are the class of the NFC. But I, I see this as a 500 football team. If the breaks go the right way, they should be able to win some some extra games. Maybe the offense is going to be good. So to see them uh, see them get so much, not to say disrespects the right word, but I don't see the Panthers being great this year. That's a, a surprising number to me. I guess the more you think about it, eight's probably more accurate. But seven seemed a little low to me. Now take into account that they were limited on picks. The Falcons were. What do you think uh, their draft grade was? What number one through 32 do you think they would have? With this class? Let's say uh, 25. 27. So you're, you're pretty close on that. The uh, people that were, the, the teams that got ranked lower than them, Eagles, Raiders, Seahawks, Texans, and Packers, of course. Hmm. So um, way, way, way down there. Uh, highest grade that they got. They didn't get Bs anywhere on this. And once again, this is from Renee Bugner at RNBWCV on the Twitter. Uh, highest grade was B+. Plus from Chad Bruder and Andy Benoit, uh, Benoit, and then after that, D from Thor, who was the hardest grader uh, from Roto World. Uh, let's go over to the Carolina Panthers. And the Panthers, you know, kind of a historic draft because for the first time ever, every single pick that they spent was on the defensive side. And no other team has done that in the modern draft era. So they started out at 1.7, going with Derek Brown, the defensive tackle from Auburn, which I thought was the right pick for them. They went with uh, Yergros Matos, the edge rusher from Penn State, in the second round. They had another second-round pick from the Seahawks when they took Jeremy Chin, the safety from Southern Illinois, so the Salukis getting on the board. Uh, they went uh, Troy Pride Jr., the corner from Notre Dame, in the fourth. Uh, Kenny Robinson, uh, the safety from West Virginia, is kind of an interesting story, Bubba. I don't know if you saw this, because he got booted from West Virginia but he played how do you get end. booted? How do you get booted from West Virginia? I, you, <laughs> I, I don't know what he did, but he did something not great. He got booted off West Virginia, but he played in the XFL. 
Oh, wow. And he was draft eligible here. So it was something weird where... How does that work? Well, he was able to circumnavigate the rules because he was kicked off the team. So he wasn't eligible to play college football anymore anyway. So I think the XFL just said, okay, we'll sign you. Um, Bravey and Roy, the defensive tackle from Baylor, who Matt Rule, of course, knows. And Stanley Thomas Oliver, the the third, the cornerback from FIU. So very interesting draft. I mean, they needed a lot of defense coming in particularly a defensive tackle, uh, somebody to go next to uh, K.K. Short. So I, I thought they actually did a pretty damn good job for only drafting one side of the football. Uh, but what do you think of this one, Bubba? I think they did a great job for only uh, addressing one side of the football. They they addressed the offensive side in free agency this year, You know, bringing in Bridgewater, Robbie Anderson, and some other maybe less lesser receivers and whatnot. And they needed to address the defense. I just said it with the Falcons. This is a, a powerful division you got Brady and company is going to throw the ball around with Arians. You have the Saints who are going to put up all kinds of points. The Falcons will put up points. The uh, The Panthers need to make it happen. At the same time, Rule signed a seven-year deal. So he's building his team for like three years from now. Yeah. He's, get, he's getting his defense set up. If they lose a bunch of games, he goes against Trevor Lawrence next year. Like he doesn't – like he's just building up. He doesn't want to waste – you know, we talk about running back's life only four or five years. He drafts a running back this year. That's not going to work. Why drop the, a big-time receiver when you got Anderson and company and Bridgewater as your quarterback? He's building his defense. He's going to go with that. Then he'll start working on his offense. He's not focusing on this year. He's focusing for two to three years from now. I think it's a great draft because that Brown pick's huge. Some of these other picks, like Matos, that we, we talked about him a lot on the, the live shows, falling this far was big. This was a really, really good draft. It's going to go probably you know, frowned upon a little because it's nothing crazy to help him now. But in the, in the end, I think it helps him a lot. Yeah, yeah, and I thought – you know exactly what you said rings true of course because um matt rule is known to be an offensive guy so i think what he really wants to do is bring these weapons in and just kind of see uh what he can do with what's already on the roster so let's add what i'm not strong at on the defensive side because that's what they needed anyway they needed way more uh defensive pieces anyway so i think he's kind of helping himself there and then saying, we'll see what I can do with some of these offensive pieces, which, you know, I'm a little bit worried fantasy in fantasy terms of uh, Christian McCaffrey for this year, yeah. of course, because he's just not going to get the ball uh, uh, 400 and whatever times like he did last year. Which or he's going to get it a lot, and he's going to get hit a lot for no reason. Right, right, which doesn't make sense. So I think mm-hmm. we'll kind of uh, move him back. So what would you give the over-under wins for the Carolina Panthers for 2020, Bubba? Over under four and a half. Five and a half is the number. So you'd be taking the, the under. under. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And that's what, you know, a buddy of mine called me. He was like, who is going to be last in that division? Every team's good. I'm like, Carolina, dude. New yeah, coaching this, staff. That's a no-brainer. Yeah, new coaching staff and, and uh, brand new quarterback and all that stuff. Like, it's just kind of obvious, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though they could be good. I mean, I would put them above, you know, two or three teams in some other divisions for sure. But uh, I really like the stacking of the defensive players because they got, I think they got three starters immediately, at least on uh, Pro Football Focus. They've got Pride uh, uh, starting across from Jackson at corner, Brown and Gross Matos all in that starting lineup. And, you know, they've spent on offense before. Like you said, uh, they drafted Christian, uh, Christian McCaffrey three years ago, uh, DJ Moore two years ago. They spent on Robbie Anderson. They still have Curtis Samuel. And they spent a ton of money on Teddy Bridgewater. So they're hoping he works out. So uh, I kind of like this this draft that they did, even though it was all on the defensive side. And they're like middle of the pack. I think they're about 12 here, somewhere in that range. 
as far as the grades go. The lowest one they got was a C plus from Ryan Dunleavy for the New York Post. But everyone else, there's uh, an A from Thor, who's uh, the toughest wow. grader. Um, and, nope, wait a minute. Nope, I'm looking at the wrong line. Uh, yeah, <laughs> no, like they I... didn't get a D. They didn't get a D anywhere. Actually, they they floated between A and A and I think B. Uh, yeah, no, no, even B minus between A and B for everything. Couple B pluses, but A's and B's from everyone, which put them right around the middle of the pack, which is uh, kind of surprising here, um, th- them being dead in the middle. But uh, the, the division winner uh, thing here, let me take a look at that and give you their plus numbers. Because uh, I don't think either one of us is going to be taking the Panthers. No, but not a chance. Let's see. Let's just take a look. Um, Got to be at least plus 1,000. Plus 2,000. Yeah. It, plus it was going to be a long one. 2,000. Oh, my God. You put then, $1 on that, Boggs. You never know. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, the Falcons plus 1000 And, of course, the best teams in this division, like we just mentioned, the Saints and the Bucks, much, much higher. Um, oh, do you think what, – what's your overall opinion on Teddy Bridgewater? <laughs> I think uh, we said this on a lot of guys. I think he's a good backup quarterback. I'm not sold on him being full-time. It didn't help when the Saints literally never made him throw the ball down the field. We know he can. We've seen him do it. But last year was more of a game management situation. That's not going to work here in Carolina when he's going to be running for his life at times, getting throttled. Could be fun for fantasy because he's throwing it all over the place. I'm more intrigued on what P.J. Walker does this year because they're blowouts. You know, rural coached Walker back at Temple. He likes Walker. So I think there's something there. They brought him in for a reason. I'm just intrigued. I know they paid Teddy a lot of money. But Walker's that athletic guy that could be quite interesting. And it should be losing a lot, so yes. uh, there should be plenty of yards to be had there. Yeah, I'm with you. I think Teddy Two Gloves, probably more of a backup, but they're going to give him a shot. And, uh, you know, you guys got to stick with us. We're going to be right back after the break. Uh, give us another shot like Teddy Bridgewater is getting. And we're talking about the Bucks. And why did I already forget the team? Saints. The Saints. Thank you. The Bucks and the Saints. After this break, we'll be right back. ITL on the Sports Grid after this. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Have you written a book and need some insight into what comes next? Or are you passionate about cooking and want to know how to make it your career? Or maybe you just want to hear insider stories about the entertainment industry. Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. 
I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. And on our podcast, Two Guys from Hollywood, we bring our expertise to the table with, of course, delicious cocktails and all kinds of recipes for you to try at home. So grab a drink and join us. We've got a wide range of celebrity guests and Hollywood insiders to discuss pop culture, publishing, and entertainment. And we'll provide you with an unfiltered and sometimes brutally honest show about Hollywood. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. I generally come in at least 15 minutes late. I use the side door, and after that, I just sort of space out for about an hour. Space out? I probably only do about 15 minutes of real, actual work. Would you... Be a good sport and indulge us and just tell us a little more. Let me tell you something about In This League. Welcome back In This League on the Sports Grid. Get on the grid. I'm your host, Scott Bogdan. Follow me on the Twitter, at Bogdan Sports. I'm here with Casey Bubba, at Entrick. Casey, plug everything you've got going on, man. Uh, it's like usual. Same old, same old. Uh, find me on Twitter, at Entrick. Bench with Bubba Podcast. Got two episodes out this week. Uh, took a little... Breather this week compared to normal, but uh, we'll be back up and at it again next week. Uh, I was on the Rotowire podcast this week. That was fun. Um, go check out my written work at Roto Baller. Um, a lot of good stuff coming up there. I said an article on some players that might benefit from the DH in the National League. So go check that out. So uh, we're moving on to the Saints here in our uh, draft recap uh, per team episodes here. And they only had four picks in this draft. And I think all of these picks were decent, but I think also the very first pick was insanely surprising to me. They took Cesar Ruiz at 24 overall, the uh, center from Michigan. And the only problem that they had on the line was uh, with the guy that they're paying the most money, by the way, and Andres Pete. And, you know, I'm looking more at PFF grades than anything because I don't sit and evaluate offensive line play. Uh, but... You know, he was the only one that wasn't, I believe, top 10 at his position last year. Uh, yeah, on the line, as far as PFF grades, the only guy that wasn't top 10 at their position was Pete, who was 70 out of 81 as far as guards go. So I think Ruiz will probably play guard. I don't know if he'll play left or right, uh, or maybe they move him to center and move McCoy to left guard or right guard. That could be a possibility as well. But they do have more of a glaring need, I thought, at middle linebacker. You know, we talked about it a little bit. Uh, Kiko Alonso is still great out well, but he's getting long in the tooth. Alex Anzalone, who they took out of uh, Florida a couple years ago, just hasn't really panned out. So I thought middle linebacker, and the Chargers obviously did too, because they traded up to get one spot ahead of the Saints to draft Kenneth Murray there. So um, I was just a little bit shocked when they took Cesar Ruiz, were you surprised when they got Cesar Ruiz, or were you just kind of like, yeah, that's the benefit of having one of the best rosters. You, you can just go BPA. That's pretty much what it was, because I was hoping Ruiz would fall two more picks to the Dolphins. I was really right. hoping that when Ruiz went to, to the Saints, I was shocked, but it made a ton of sense. Like, okay, you gave Breeze another couple years there. Let's protect the man. It's that simple. He's giving 50 mil for two years. Let's protect him with one of the best inside linemen out there, especially if uh, you know, they're having issues at, at, at the guard position. It made a ton of sense. Get the best available player, throw him out there. And you, we've seen how you know valuable some of these linemen can be uh, early on in drafts. So it's a great pick for them. 
it shocked me. Like literally, like you said, best available player. I kind of uh, wish he would have fell a little farther. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was thinking that. To be honest, I thought that the the Cowboys might take him, uh, where they took Ceedee Lamb at. Uh, yeah, would have made sense because Travis Frederick retired. He's an All Pro yep. center. It's hard to it's hard to replace someone of that caliber. But I mean, you take a first round center, that guy is usually going to stick around for a while. But so they took Cesar Ruiz. They didn't have another pick until the third uh, at seventy four overall, where they took Zach Bond, the edge rusher from Wisconsin, who fell uh, quite yes, a, bit. a lot. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I know you love your Badgers. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. he had what was it with his test? Was his test diluted? Might have been. Yeah, diluted. there was something it was a, going on. Dil- it was test. diluted. I guess probably too much dairy, cheese curds got in the way, something <laughs> along those lines. <laughs> well, then all my tests are going to be <laughs> diluted as well. But uh, he fell all the way to them at three seven four. Uh, an, another, just another pick that I thought, man, you know, they didn't absolutely need an edge rusher, but you put someone else on there, you know, when Cam Jordan and Marcus Davenport are out on the field now, you have Bond as a rotational pass rusher. That's pretty damn good. That's just adding all kinds of depth. Then they traded um, the rest of their draft picks in this draft um, to get Adam Troutman, the tight end from Dayton, which was surprising to me, not that he fell to pick 105 i mean i could have seen him going as high as the second round he was the top uh tight end on my board i like him and commit a lot but i like troutman a little bit better just for the you know receiving acumen that he has and i'm such a fantasy nerd so it was it was weird to see them trade four picks to move up to get troutman i just i feel like that just means they really really like this guy right yeah it's got to be what it is you know jared cook he was good last year but he's getting older the uh, other backups for the Saints haven't really been much. We know how Breeze, he loves to throw it all over the place. He's got Thomas. They grabbed Sanders this offseason. There's weapons there, but a good tight end in the red zone, there's not much more valuable assets to that in football. And you get a guy like Trotman who uh, has that athletic ability like you talked about on previous shows. That's a huge move there. That's That feels like one of those that uh, Drew Breeze made a phone call at about pick 100 and goes, you see this kid still on the board? I could use him the next two years. Make it happen. <laughs> And they listened, unlike uh, the Packers yeah. uh, front office. For, oh, uh, poor, Rogers. poor Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, that's why I feel. I feel poor for him. Well, it's so terrible. <laughs> you know, I don't feel bad for Aaron Rodgers at all. But he also beat my team in Super Bowl 45, so I'm a little bitter. Uh, but then, I don't know if you read this, Bubba, but this Tommy Stevens pick at 240 overall in the seventh round is uh, was a bit ridiculous. They traded their sixth-round pick next year to move up into the seventh round, 15 spots away from the end of the draft to take Tommy Stevens. And the reason they did that is, from what I read today, was because they had heard that Tommy Stevens uh, promised Matt Rule he would sign there as a UDFA should he not get drafted. So he promised uh, you know, the Panthers, and then the Saints traded back into the end of the draft to scoop him up, and now that they signed Jameis Winston post-draft, I feel mm-hmm. like there's not room for Tommy Stevens on this roster anyway because they're paying paying Taysom Hill $16 million, yep. by the way. Uh, Breeze is getting his 25 or whatever it is, and I don't even know what they just paid Winston, but then they're going to carry Tommy Stevens on this roster too? I mean, the dude better get uh, geared up and ready to play special teams, right? Yeah, Tommy Stevens, that's basically their wannabe Taysom Hill when Taysom Hill leaves because... Stevens did have a little bit of mobility, not Taysom Hill mobility. I'm not going to go that far, but he did have a, like a, you know, he went to Mississippi State. They they tried to 
pump him up as like the next Dak Prescott at Mississippi State. He definitely did not get to that level, but that was their whole idea there. You know, he's going to be a shotgun quarterback, be able to run pass option once in a while. Didn't quite work out, but uh, that's a very interesting story about the Panthers and Matt Rule. That is hilarious to me. That is uh, pretty vindictive of the Saints, but uh, <laughs> more power to them. The, the, the story you're, you're burying right now, you're burying the lead. When you just said you didn't know how much uh, Jameis Winston got paid, um, I'm going to give you one guess. The league minimum? Close enough. I think he's getting like $1.1 million, something yeah. along those lines. He's getting next to nothing to be the backup quarterback. Taysom Hill is making about $14.5 million more than Jameis Winston this year. It's bananas. Yeah, yeah. It's uh... – they they spent too much on, on on Taysom Hill. I like Taysom Hill. He was fun to watch at BYU. Constantly hurt. Got a medical red shirt. I think he ended up playing six years at BYU because of the medical red shirt that he got. For, it was like a Mormon mission. Right, right. I think it was his his uh, second senior year when he really broke out. Uh, mm-hmm. Of course, but um, yeah, I mean the dude is just fragile. Uh, you can put this amazing offensive lineup. It doesn't really matter. Taysom Hill, if he's on the field for twenty five snaps. He's probably going to get hurt, you know. That, Pretty much. That, that's just, and it's weird to me that he's so injury prone to BYU, and now he's playing special teams, you know. So if they want Tommy Stevens to do that, um, who, who I thought was, I, I, I kind of do get Nick Fitzgerald and Tommy Stevens mixed up a little bit because they're both guys that probably needed to switch positions to tight end. Now, if you're Tommy Stevens, you're getting drafted to the Saints, who already have a blueprint of what they're doing with Taysom Hill. Then yeah, sure, go play that. Uh, whatever pistol wild card role is, uh, do that. Yeah. I, I do like that for him, but him and Nick Fitzgerald, for whatever reason, Mississippi State has had quarterbacks that just do not convert to the pros. But yeah. one of the biggest prospects in next year's class potentially is KJ yes. Costello, who is transferring from Stanford to go to Mississippi State because Mike Leach is leaving from Washington State to go to Mississippi State. And the last two. Um, quarterbacks for uh, Washington State both got, well, I, I don't think Anthony Gordon got drafted. He didn't no. get immediately signed, but Gardner Minshew is a starter now in the yep. NFL. So um, th- there's all kind, there's pedigree there, and Stanford is just a heaping mess right now. Plus, uh, the Welsh and I were talking about the college football stuff and how they want to play on Saturdays, and, you know, how California may not even let teams play, and how, what a big mess that's going to be. So, yeah, don't uh, get me started on California right now. It's, right. It's, a, it's a rough. It's a. It's really painful watching what's going on out here. But uh, yeah, the Stanford they don't know how to do the forward pass very well. So that's a great move by <laughs> the head to Mississippi State. And that's uh, you know, I mean that that's a um, that's where Christian McCaffrey came from. There's plenty of good athletes that come out of Stanford. Tons yeah. of tight ends, but there was a great running back. Do you remember his name before Christian McCaffrey? Uh, he went to the Minnesota Vikings. Why am I not remembering who this is? Toby Gerhardt. Oh, Toby Gerhardt. <laughs> yeah, I was like, am I really forgetting someone real good? I mean, you know. Wiped out big time. Yeah, Toby Gerhardt, not so much. Not so yep. much. Peyton Hill is better than Toby Gerhardt. True. Um, what do you think the over-under on wins for the New Orleans Saints for 2020 is? This is good. I'm going to go 13. It's 10. What? Over-under 10 pays the same Minus 110 on DraftKings. I'll take over. Yeah, I would take the over, too. I think it's because of the division, though. You know, It's you a tougher play. division. It's hard to repeat because one thing that people forget, uh, maybe they don't, but maybe they do, when you win a division, now you've got to face the divisional winners from the other conferences. So your schedule is tougher the next right, year. Right, right. So that, 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 maybe that's what they're factoring in there, that you know 
the three other conference games, maybe they go one and two or two and one. And then again, the Patriots aren't going to be as good and stuff like that. So it's it's interesting, but that's something you got to think about. Now they got to go play the Chiefs or whatever, or some of these other teams that they might not have played before. They are actually not the favorite to win the division either. The, oh, the Bucks gosh. are favored, uh, but for, boy. for the NFC, they're actually third as well. Niners plus four seventy five best uh, best odds to win the NFC. The Bucks at plus six hundred. The Saints at plus seven hundred. Uh, Cowboys plus nine. Eagles plus a thousand. Seahawks plus eleven hundred. Vikings twelve. Packers fourteen. And then the Rams plus sixteen hundred. Any or if you had to bet on one of those, who do you think you would take? I do like the Saints. I like I like Tampa Bay. I'm not knocking. I think they'll be pretty darn good. I think the Saints and the Niners are the class of the West still. I know it's pretty simple taking the guys up top, but they're just that much more of a team to me than some of these other organizations trying to put it together. So I'd probably go Saints just for the value. But the caveat here that I want to mention, if we play a season with no fans, they lose a tremendous edge. That's that helps true. them so much in football. Like Yeah, the dome get the Superdome gets a longest edge. So that's a big factor that I don't think people might want to consider. That's literally going to cost them a game or two down the road at some point in time. And, and I think, you know, this 10 number, this 10 number is also not extremely surprising when you think of what happened with the Saints last year. You know, uh, mm-hmm. when Drew Brees went down, I mean, they still wound up winning. They went 13-3 and last year. But Drew Brees was out for, what was that, five or six weeks with a thumb injury. You know, yep. so if it's something worse than that, and he misses an extended period of time. I mean, I know they have Jameis Winston coming in, but he's just he's not Drew Brees. I mean, no one is. Mm-hmm. So No one is. But, but Jameis got LASIK surgery, so now he can read street signs and license plates. <laughs> so that's good. Maybe uh, he can read, maybe maybe now he can read a cover too. All of the all of the Jameis Winston jokes, you know, I would say poor Jameis Winston, but uh he screwed up enough in his life where no one should feel sorry for him. And you wanted he's had him on the Steelers. Second and third and fourth chances. I still would like him on it. Dude, I'm telling you, I'd rather have this dummy than have Mason Rudolph. You know, oh, 100%. That's easy. Yes, I'm with you. Go get Andy Dalton. Yeah, I, that that may happen. I mean, uh, Welsh and I talked a little bit about that, and, you know, he may be signed by the time this airs, of course. Uh, but what are your what are your initial thoughts on Andy Dalton and where he should go? Um, the Patriots, I figured, would have signed him by the time he got off of his plane, wherever <laughs> he went to. He seems like the perfect New England Patriot. I think he'd be another good guy to play for you and let Stedham get some more reps if they wanted to. And if he showed up there, they'd actually be a competent football team, and that terrifies me. Uh, yeah, Jacksonville, a big rumor as well. That so, makes sense as well, yes. Yeah, he played for uh, Jay Gruden, who's going to be the OC there now, too. I'm trying to find the Saints. Oh, the Saints are kind of close to the bottom here. Uh, let's see. The Falcons were 27, and 26, 25, 24, 23 among grades uh, in, in this class. And that's only with four picks. I thought they went a little overboard trading four picks to get Troutman, but... Uh, you know, we'll see if he pays out. Obviously not. Looks like um, they didn't get. Am I reading this right? God, see, I need the LASIK like Jameis. Like Jameis? Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So their low grade was a C minus, and they got only one A. A, a minus from Reuter, and then C minus from Andy Benoit here. But everybody else is uh, Bs and Cs. But two point seven nine. Uh, pretty pretty low score if you're the Saints as far as this draft goes. But I think with four picks, it's just hard to. I mean, that's yeah, why the hard Vikings to get a good are grade. one. Yeah, the Vikings well, are and one. In, rea- in, re- in reality, it's three picks. Tommy Stevens shouldn't even count. Right. 
Yeah, yeah. Tommy Steven shouldn't count, especially after knowing that story. Uh, that yeah, story, he's like, how does that story get out? How uh, does that story get out? That is horrible. I think Sean Payton was telling it because he wanted he wanted oh, Tommy Steven so bad. So Sean, Sean Payton is like the he wants to be Belichick, but he wants to be cool too. <laughs> <laughs> he's like Bill Belichick with a Letterman jacket, but his, his collars are popped. He's like, yeah, I'll get coronavirus and survive it. How about that? How cool exactly. am I now? Then I got my smoke show wife. What's up, McVeigh? Like he just has, <laughs> he just like pretty soon he's gonna have a picture sitting in his living room in Arizona too. <laughs> uh, it reminds me of Parks and Rec. You know, what's up, little mayor? You gonna freak out again? You know, I could just see him like wearing a leather jacket. What's up, McVeigh? You know, we win Super Bowls. What do you do? Uh, <laughs> that's funny stuff. Just imagine in like like a fifties lunchroom uh, in, in high school. <laughs> You know, Sean Payton definitely has long sideburns, slicked back hair, and a leather jacket. Big time. 100%. But we got to hit a break. When we come back, we will talk about the Bucks and see what their odds are and just see how good this team's going to be with Tampa Bay. So stick with us. We'll be right back after this in this league on the sports grid. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build and optimize lineups for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Hey everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. I'm still on my own journey, but I want to be transparent with you, because as I was posting all the highlights of my life on social media, I was breaking down. And too many people fall victim to the picture-perfect image of the high life, so I created a space to discuss the good and the bad. We can laugh, man. We, we gonna learn. And most of all, I hope to inspire you to go on this journey with me to better mental health. This is gonna be your church, your turn up, and everything in between. So join me on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, a safe space for every kind of person. Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. In this league. I thought we were going to be just friends. What? Friends listen to... In this league. In the dark. Welcome back. You can hear endless love. You know what that means. In this league, on the sports grid, coming to an end, three-hour tour. Uh, DC Bubba here with me. Follow him on the Twitter, at BDNTrick. You can follow me, at Fogman Sports. And please check out check out our Patreon if you can. InThisLeague.com will take you there, or Patreon.com slash ITLArmy. 
we'll get you there as well. Uh, I just posted Dynasty Fantasy Football ranks with the uh, the class. A little bit harder to construct that than I thought, Bubba. So uh, because I had my lineup of where I had everyone among the rookie class, and I had to make sure that matched for the overall and for the positional and all that stuff. So um, I think I learned a lesson. Do do the <laughs> overalls first next yes. year and then put the rookies in that way. Uh, but I got I got it all fixed up on both sheets because I have two of those sheets up there uh, on our Patreon as well. Uh, the Welsh updating his top 500 minor league list with profiles. Uh, we'll be having updated baseball list as well, plus mock draft May. We just threw out a uh, uncensored mock and got a lot of responses. I feel like may, people might <laughs> actually like the uncensored more than oh. when I drop in the uh, clips and stuff, Bubba. It was good. It was real good because, <laughs> if anything... It was the Welsh getting tilted over and over and over again. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah, he really did. And I was picking right next to John uh, from, and you can find him on Twitter at MLB Moving Averages. And he was uh, he, he was taking my guys left and right. I think I called him uh, very horrible names on that show. So apologies so to our friend John. Rightfully deserved inside the draft window. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In the draft window, all bets are off. You yes. get to call anybody whatever you want pretty much. Uh, so, uh, I was, I was upset with a couple of the picks, but that was a lot of fun. And we're going to have mock draft may coming up at ITL as well. So just check out our Patreon. If you can, it would be appreciated. You know, as little as five bucks, you get the secret shows, all the list, all that good stuff. Uh, the last team that we have to talk about here, Bubba, the Tampa Bay bucks, who obviously, uh, you know, brought in Tom Brady, uh, and really the rest of what they did in the off season was bringing back guys. They brought back Sue, uh, Jason Pierre-Paul came back. They uh, franchised Shaq Barrett. So we knew uh, going into the draft, the two big things we're looking at is offensive line help for the Bucks and a running back. Because I, I think it's safe to say Ronald Jones, uh, as in the experiment, is probably done with. Like, mm-hmm. they're not going to flat out cut him, but they're not going to extend him when he comes no. up for it. The dude hasn't worked out there. And, um, you know, I, I think... I think it's a good thing that, that they're going to eventually move on from him. But uh, this draft class, just to go over it real quick, at 14, where they traded up one spot because I believe they were at – or they traded up a couple spots. I think they were yeah, at Yeah, there was one spot. I think it was one spot, I think. Yeah, so they traded with the Niners, and at 14, they wound up taking Tristan Wirfs, the tackle from Iowa, who we thought, or I thought at least, was going to the Giants at four overall. They wound up taking Andrew Thomas instead, so Wirfs kept slipping down the board. Uh, Wills went ahead of him. Mackay Becton went ahead of him. So he kind of slipped into where we thought some wide re- wide receivers could go. Almost just knocked over my soda all over my computer. Uh, <laughs> that would have been so much fun. That woke me up. <laughs> Blood pumping <laughs> right there. Uh, haven't got that. Uh, haven't got my uh, my check from the government yet, so I can't buy one immediately if I do ruin this one. Um, <laughs> but anyway, I um, uh, they they wound up taking Tristan Worfs in the in the middle of all of this. So that was a nice surprise to fall to them uh, way down the board. And then in the second round, they went with Antoine Winfield, the safety from Minnesota, who you have gushed about a little bit on the show. I like, it. I like him a lot. He's really, really good. Right, right. So he, he's good. It's also hard to imagine that this is the second Antoine Winfield in the NFL. Does that stuff make you feel old? Yeah, we don't want to talk about that. You know, Asante yeah. <laughs> Samuel Jr. is going to be eligible for the draft in 2021. Well, you know what makes us feel old is frickin' Randy Moss's kids in the NFL now. Yeah, like that, that that's all you need. That's all you need to say. Like that's just ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, in the third round at 76 overall, they went with Keyshawn Vaughn, the running back from Vanderbilt. In the fifth round, I thought they got another Minnesota steal here. 
Tyler yeah, Johnson sure. fell to them. And they don't have much behind Evans and Godwin. So I thought that that was a great pick. Uh, they took uh, the twin with uh, the guy the Steelers took, Davis, the defensive tackle, out of Nebraska with 194 in the sixth round. And then two seventh-round picks. They took Chappelle Russell, Russell, the outside linebacker from Temple. And then I like this pick. I think maybe a little bit more than I like Keyshawn Vaughn. In the seventh round at 245, they took Raymond Clay, the running back from Louisiana. I thought that was a great pick as well, a nice little speedy back. So uh, what do you think of this draft class, Bubba? It's phenomenal. Like I, I, it, it hurts to say because, like I told you during the break, it feels like uh, the Patriots' juju showed up in Tampa Bay because whatever happened worked. You know, worse falling to them. You said he should have went to the Giants. He shouldn't have got past the Jets, to say the least. Like yeah. He should have been gone. To fall on the lap there to protect Tom Brady for a year or two is outstanding. I love Winfield. We talked about that. Keyshawn Vaughn and and um, Raymond. I'm going to butcher it. Calais. 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 I think that is uh, two phenomenal running backs there. Like you mentioned, Jones. He didn't really seem to be in the favor of Arians to begin with. This should pretty much seal the deal there. I love the Tyler Johnson move. Like obviously, I watch a lot of Big Ten football with the Badgers, but Johnson is such a really good. He can stretch the field. He can also be a great possession receiver. He's going to help so much. You can just let Mike Evans go deep. Godwin and Johnson can do whatever else in between that you need to do. That's a huge, huge huge acquisition there. And then, you know, you shore up some defensive pieces. It's a great draft, a phenomenal draft for a team like we were talking about before the break that uh, is favored to win the division and uh, second favored to win the the conference. And you can see why. They're already a pretty solid team, filling a few holes here. They're ready to compete. Fourth highest odds to win the Super Bowl. Tampa Bay Bucks at plus 1,200. Who, do you, who are the three teams ahead of them? I bet you can get all of them. Chiefs, Ravens, Niners. That's it. Chiefs, Ravens, Niners. Uh, Chiefs plus 600, Ravens plus 700, uh, Niners plus 1,000. Uh, to win the division, it, it's, you know, uh, they're first, but it's plus 105. The Saints are plus 110. So it's right there. But I guess if you're going to pick them, you know, to be the fourth highest odds, you've got to give them better odds than the Saints uh, to win the division, too. Uh, the win total for Tampa Bay, I believe, is yeah ten. Uh, so 10, the same as the Saints. Yeah, same as the Saints. Uh, one ten on both sides. Uh, you know, minus one ten on, on both sides. So uh, I guess you'd probably go over on Tampa Bay then, right? Or would you stick with the under? I would go over. And uh, one thing I would suggest, if anybody wanted to pick the Saints or the Bucks to win the division, just pick them to win the Super Bowl. Because if they're good enough to win the division, they have a great chance to get the whole way. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, and take the better odds, or at least at least to win the conference. Maybe not Super Bowl, the conference, and you get some more better odds that way. Right, right. I mean, you know, we've seen Patrick Mahomes beat uh, Brady before, but the um, it was a great game too. Do we want to relive it? You want to call Joe real quick? And uh, yeah, that would be great. <laughs> uh, but Tampa Bay uh, wound up with what is that? One, two, three, four. The sixth highest class among the GPA uh, that that Bugler put up here. Uh, B plus from Chad Reuter. B plus from Luke Easterling from the draft wire and a couple more B's on the back end from the tougher graders, but a plus from Thor, which is, he was the toughest grader. I don't think he, I think he gave an a plus to Minnesota to Tampa Bay and he gave an a minus to the Eagles and an a to the jets with a couple other Ravens, Cowboys cards all sprinkled in there as well. But a plus, uh, from Thor, who is the hardest grader, is kind of surprising. And an A-plus from Vinny Iyer from the Sporting News as well. So people are really liking this. I mean, but do we really think that bringing in Tom Brady 
at 42. You know, we're not bringing in Tom Brady at the beginning of his career here. That is enough to go into a new system with a new coach in a tough division with Breeze. And, you know, the Panthers, even though they're only favored to win five and a half games, still have a good core. And, um, you know, uh, the Falcons in there who were recently in the Super Bowl, it wasn't that long ago, they were in there. Were, are we that confident that they're going to be division winners? And who would you pick? Would you pick the Saints or the Bucks to win that division? I'm going to pick the Saints, but I think it's really close because I want to give the Patriots – I, I believe the hype is real. Not the, yeah, the you call them the Patriots. I mean, uh, I was about to point that I, out, but you, well, you see, you see all the logos, all the the, yeah, the Patriots. Yeah. Yeah, they're kind of good, you know, smart. Those are, those are great. Yeah, uh, I think they're phenomenal. I I would actually buy a T-shirt in those colors. Um, <laughs> but you you have to think about a few things. Arian's not dumb. He's going to let Brady incorporate a lot of things that work well with him with his system also. So kind of a a mix and match. The weapons are obviously there, and I think the biggest thing with Brady over Winston is those 30-plus interceptions maybe cut back to 15, and that is a game-changer for football games. That's a huge difference in winning and losing games because we saw how many games Tampa Bay lost by like maybe a touchdown or less. You take away those turnovers, they probably win at least half those games, and that's a big turn right there. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're, you're absolutely right about that. I mean, I think I'm going to have to take the Saints to win this division too, though. I just like that Saints team too much, playing on turf. I know the fans won't be there, but that team's so, so electric. I think Brady, uh, Breeze has a much better arm still than Brady does. Uh, I trust him a little more in the pocket than I do Brady, but uh, I wouldn't be well, shocked. Well, the offensive the- line, too. Like, you know, we, we talked about how good the Bucks draft has been, and it's rated very high. But, you know, they took worse. Um, but after that, the, the line is just okay in Tampa. It's not like what it is. I mean, Jensen's a great center. Uh, but Donovan Smith protecting the blind side, and I'd assume they have him do that again with Werfs on the, at right tackle. Uh, he's fine. You know, he's not great, uh, but he's probably about what they had last year in, in New England for Tom Brady. The line is probably about the same. Maybe if Werfs is real good, maybe it's a little bit better, you know, uh, but it's just okay. So they didn't, you know, what does Gronk have left in the tank? Do we think that he actually has a lot? I mean, I do remember your first comment in uh, the group me room was, I'm really excited for people to overdraft Gronk because we know that's going to happen, right? Oh, yeah, 100%. Like Gronk, I compared him to late-career Antonio Gates. Right. They're going, they're going to bring him in in the red zone, and he's probably going to get like 10 touchdowns this year, but he might catch 25 balls. Uh, I, I, he, probably better than that. But you know what I'm saying is he's not going to be playing between the 20s. He's going to be in the red zone with an occasional play here and there. He's not stretching the field. He's not catching the ball and running over four guys for 65-yard games. Those aren't happening this year. If they do, I will be thoroughly shocked, and I will eat crow like I do on many things I say. But the, rea- <laughs> the reality of the situation is he can put up on, on as much weight as he wants. The back issues are legit. Like, literally, that's what caused him to retire is the back was that messed up. Right. I don't care if you took a year or two off. Your back is still messed up. He never got cut on as far as I'm aware. So he didn't just, like, magically heal it unless, the DD- unless he took DDP yoga and it worked out great. I don't know. <laughs> but now He um, was a wrestler. So it, Yeah. So, you know, between defending the 24-7 championship and trying to catch touchdowns from Brady, it's going to be a, a crazy time. I just – he's going to be fun. He's going to be good. Don't expect the Gronk of old. Did you like the uh, – when uh, Brady was blowing the seashell like Ron Burgundy in the anchor? That was phenomenal. That, I will say – That was pretty funny. I don't know who helped Brady with his, his social media accounts, but since this last season when he started utilizing him more, it's been outstanding. Yeah, Absolutely amazing. I, I, I even like the draft when – he, he was talking smack to Russell Wilson. He was like, 
Russ, does she have you out in the car doing this? Why are you out in your car doing this? And he was like, hey, man, you know, at least I don't have the zebra print in the background at my house. And then Eisen was like, hey, Russ, Brady's not even at the right house, man. He just stumbled into <laughs> somebody's house. And he was like, well, the Wi-Fi is working. I don't care. So uh, so that was, yeah, he, he's getting more relatable in, in stuff like that, too, which I think will happen. I think people will, everyone right now hates Brady because he has six championships and your football team doesn't. Unless you're a Patriots fan, your team doesn't have six championships in the last 20 years like his does. So yep. everyone in the NFL hates the dude. I think once he retires and moves away from football, whether he's working in the booth or whether he's, you know, doing whatever it is, maybe he just takes a break, maybe he doesn't want to do football for a long time, uh, which would be fine. You know, uh, people have, uh, plenty of people do that. So if he's just done with it and wants to set it down, I think people will start to like him more because, you know, it'll be, oh, that was back in the day and whatever and blah, blah, blah. And they'll appreciate his career more because we did get to see greatness. I mean, you know, it's a lot like, it's not the same as watching Michael Jordan because Michael Jordan is out there athletically dominating every team every single night. But Brady, it was just like, you, he's automatic. You get him in there, and it's, uh, it's automatic, and nobody wants to play the Patriots. No. And, and that's all done with now. Well, so. with, well with Brady, when, if they were within a touchdown with two minutes to go, you knew you had no chance. Like, right. Brady was going to, like, you knew it was over. Like, you could not give him the ball. Like, that was the whole, that's how it all started. Like, Rodgers and Breeze, there's a lot of the same sentiments, but with Brady, it was always uh, too much time on the clock. Like, you're screwed. Yeah, like, luckily you for coming. me, whenever the Steelers played him, they weren't within a touchdown anyway. So it didn't matter. <laughs> You know, uh, I remember the first time the first time we lost to the Patriots in the playoffs um, because the year before the year before we lost to the Patriots in the AFC championship, that was like the big Troy Brown game. He blocked a punt. He returned a punt. um, But Drew Bledsoe played in that game and then he got hurt because Brady had been playing. But Bledsoe had come back and they thought they were going to play Bledsoe for the Super Bowl. So. Uh, Bledsoe played in that AFC Championship, but we knocked him out of the game again. Brady came back in and wound up playing in the Super Bowl as well and winning it against the Rams, of course. Uh, can you just think about how long ago that was? Yeah, that's forever ago. I know. That was crazy when it all started. You know, military, the kick, everything. That's why it was like a year or so after the Titans Rams one. Like, yeah, it, was, it was all pretty close there. Yeah, it was a year, I think, uh, after 9 11. Uh, yep. I'm pretty sure it was. I think, or that was the the season that 9-11 had happened. Yeah, it would be the same season, you're right. Right, because the Super Bowl was in 2002, if I'm remembering that correctly. I could be getting my my dates mixed up. But I remember I bet, uh, I was working at the grocery store, I bet this old man 50 bucks that the Patriots would win, and he paid me 50 bucks, and then he screamed at me about how the NFL was rigged, because (laughs) the Patriots won because 9-11 had just happened. He knew about about the cameras before the rest of us. (laughs) Yeah, he was a savant for sure. He wasn't just a grumpy old bastard that I took a bunch of money off of. So, but uh, that is going to wrap it up for us. I didn't realize we were up against it already. I'm going down a rabbit hole talking about this old man I made a bet with 20 years ago. So uh, that is going to wrap it up for us. Remember, you can find us all on the Twitter at Bogman Sports for me, at BDNTrick for Bubba, at Is It the Welsh for the Welsh. And we'll be back with you on Monday to talk more sports on the daily on ITL. We will see you then. Take it easy. Have a good weekend. Wash your hands, everybody.
DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon.